I'm shocked Sebastian went for Lillian, you know, like. Right? Like that he went willingly in the cold ass rain for this, which had no impact on him whatsoever. I love that. I love the growth. <laughs> I know, right? He went from kidnapping her to finding her a doctor. <laughs> the monsters i'm m hi i'm s i'm seth does anyone notice when i change it up or <laughs> i did i mean your intonation on hey guys so i thought i was supposed to respond to you but then i was like oh. i remember you got mad at me before <laughs> when i responded so i didn't hey seth how are you doing today i'm great thanks great i'm glad to hear <laughs> she's kind of um blocking santa there yeah yeah she is see. well what do you want me to do santa's gonna creepily look at us Seth records in her basement, um, in case uh, people don't know that. And she has a great-looking Santa behind her. And, yeah, loving it. Loving loving the views. <laughs> and this all, like, really stemmed from that Christmas book uh, you posted, March on our uh, Twitter? Yes. Santa is going down on me or something like that. <laughs> right? Oh is that gosh. the title? Something like that. Um, excited for that one. Trying to convince Seth to read it. Um, not working out so far, but no. we'll get there. And nope. if not, then S and I will just be horny for Santa by ourselves, and Seth will miss out on the fun. Yeah, you'd be decking his balls for sure. Decking his balls. Mm-hmm. However, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, before we jump into Christmas time, we do have to uh, talk about springtime. Oh, yes. And I dressed up today for the occasion because it's sunny and gorgeous outside and I could, you know. I notice. Love it. If I didn't know it was autumn, I would think it's spring. So I just feel like the weather was like, I know what book you're recording today, March. I'm going to give you some sunshine to feed your soul because the book that we are talking about today is Scandal in Spring by Lisa Claypass. Can you believe guys were, this is the fifth book already. We're here. We're here. I know. Can you believe it? We're I almost done. We just have the Christmas book and then we're done. Yeah. I feel like the reason why I can't believe it is because it took us so fucking long to make it through Immortals After Dark. But with this series, we kind of just powered through and read all of them in like the span of like three weeks. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. It's crazy. That's true. Technically, it's autumn for us right now. But when this is coming out, it's probably winter time, like December, mm -hmm. early December. <laughs> so, um, Merry Christmas, <laughs> guys. <laughs> Not quite, but, you know, almost. Um, Scandal in Spring, Matthew Swift, yeah. Daisy Bowman, Seth. Um, so the book starts off with Daisy um, and her father. They're having a discussion about, um, I guess, her marriage status. And um, he tells her simply that if she doesn't find a man to marry by the end of spring, um, then she'll be forced to marry his business partner, Matthew Swift. And, um, of course she's angry about it because she does not want to marry him. She has a past with him and just that, like, 
<clears throat> as she was growing up, he's always been, like, her father's shadow. He's always just, like, been so close to her dad, and her dad and her do not get along at all. So, um, the Wallflowers decide to embark on a journey of finding her a husband, and we also have Sebastian, Westcliff, and Simon all joining in on this, and, um, they find the most eligible men, and they invite them to the Spring Hind. Back at Stony Cross, we're at Westcliff's house. The hangout place. Yeah, it is the hangout place. Mr. Bowman also invites Mr. Swift. So Matthew is at Stony Cross, and Daisy and Lillian remember him being like this lanky guy who's always sucked up to their dad. And then Daisy meets this guy in like By the Well where she's making her wish, and he's hot. Like, hot. Hot AF. Hot, hot. And this is not at all the Matthew Swift she remembers. Uh-uh. Um, but <laughs> they kind of, like, start this game of Matthew wanting her, but, like, can't, like, he just can't have her. And also Daisy not wanting him at first, but as she gets to know this new Matthew Swift, she uh, kind of wants to marry him. But mm-hmm. there's other, like, obstacles at play, and things happen, and... It's just, uh, that's their story. I did that really quickly and really badly, but, uh. Yeah, yeah. and Daisy at first, she's like, well, okay, promise me then that you won't marry me. And Matthew Swift is like, I can't promise that, actually. I can't make that promise, yeah. I can't. (laughs) So, (laughs) S, what did you think of this fourth book in the quartet? I really enjoyed it. I really liked it, um. Swift wasn't at all what I expected him to be. No. Okay. No, I didn't think he was going to be American or <laughs> I thought she was going to give it like a British guy, but um, I really liked it and enjoyed it. But. But. Uh oh, there's a but. Which isn't a bad thing, but I feel like it kind of. I okay, so you know how there was point of views from like the other. I think it was Daisy and Westcliff. Like I yeah. felt. I felt like there was a lot of different point of views. Oh, and I like the fact that there, we got to see a lot more of the other characters, but I feel like it kind of took away mm. from Daisy oh. and Matthew and their story. Like I, I wasn't as invested as I wanted to be, mm. okay. Because I felt like I got to see the other couples and how they progressed and what they were doing, and and which I loved, which wasn't a, a a bad thing. But I felt it did take away from Daisy and Matthew a little bit. Did you like their dynamic, like their relationship, or them as characters? No, I I did. No, yeah, I really okay. I love I love Daisy. I love Matthew, but it's just I wanted a little bit more focus on them. Hmm. If that makes sense. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Seth. Um. So this is like my second time fully rereading it in the past I've done like quick little skims of it and like read my favorite parts Mm -hmm. um but I enjoyed it my second time around I thought it was like it was good it was different than the other three and yeah I enjoyed it and I can see why you would say S that you think that the other couples kind of you know took away from the main story but I also loved seeing their little like tidbits of their life and I liked that but I also Maybe, I don't know, like, Daisy and Matthew weren't established yet when we started getting different POVs, so maybe that could take away from, like, you connecting to the story. Um, but I liked seeing different sides of these characters. I liked seeing Sebastian and Westcliff, you know, come together to mm-hmm. help Daisy find a Match husband. Me. Sebastian. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, 
Um, what did Westcliff say? Something about like if he was a woman, he would be like the most picky person ever. Yeah, he, would he never says. Be married. Wait, I have it. I have. Oh, it. okay. Um, if Sebastian was a woman, no man would be good enough for him. Yes, there you go. <laughs> and I just I, I loved those little scenes, and I felt like me being like someone that's read these books years and years ago, and mm-hmm. like I'm in this world and I love these characters. Those little tidbits like mean the world to me. But um, I could see why for some people it might not. Um, no, it, it was it was great tidbits but I read it and I kind of wanted to stay with him longer you know yeah and then yeah. I went back to Daisy and Matthew and I'm just like ah okay I loved it I I just I love this book um it's just there's just like a coziness to it which I think it just mm-hmm. comes from the fact that you've read all three prior books once you get to this one I mean if you've read the series in order obviously um, mm-hmm. th- it just feels it's it just feels so comfortable and cozy being you know surrounded by these characters and um, I love Matthew I just think he's actually the perfect hero for Daisy um, yeah and I actually get emotional when I finish this book because I'm like but then yeah. it's over <laughs> I know and to be honest I feel like for me personally those moments don't bother bother me at all I love them um Mm -hmm. but it's something you'll probably have to get used to with Lisa Claypass because she loves to do that a lot especially when it comes to Sebastian St. Vincent like yeah especially in her newest series when he's there he's got his own scenes you know yeah it's and we do talk about it in Devil in Disguise, yeah, but like obviously we're not going to spoil She's it. She's not allowed to listen to that. No, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she does uh, kind of give Sebastian the spotlight sometimes. Yeah, and it's especially prevalent in the next book that we're going to read, which is Wallflower Christmas. But that one, it was never really meant to be anything other than a Wallflower's reunion that she added in like a side love story that's like unique to that book if that makes sense but mm-hmm. so you have to expect that book to have like a lot of POVs because we're kind of revisiting all the couples and seeing like where they're at and mm-hmm. you know what's going on so so yeah it's, it's yeah it's a reunion book um I just loved it I I really did and I actually when I read this the first time well actually I don't know what I rate, rate th- rated this book the first time because I didn't have good reads at the time but the second time I reread it well the first time I reread it I gave it four stars and this time around I was like no you know what it's a 4.5 for me <laughs> <laughs> but not I just five. love it but, well, I mean, it's not Devil in Winter, and you know how I am oh. with my five stars. Okay. I'm extremely difficult to please with a five stars. Like, it has to be out of this world, which I don't think that this book is, like, out of this world masterpiece, mm. but it's, like, a very, very, very good solid solid book that yeah. I love. Okay. And have reread twice, so I feel like that says something. So anyways, um, let's get into our conversation, discussion yes. of this book. Um, where do you guys want to start? Do we want to start with the goose? Do we want to start with the Oh my gosh, the goose! The well? I feel like the goose yeah. is where it really started, you know? Yes. <laughs> so um, Daisy finds a goose that's being um, harassed <laughs> by a group of boys. <laughs> And she's like, leave it alone, blah, blah, blah. Because, like, Daisy is essentially us. You know what I mean? Like, she loves a good tortured soul. <laughs> she loves yeah. 
you know, to redeem people. She loves her fairies and her imaginary world. And her monsters. Like, Daisy would, if anyone was to walk, or I guess jump into that well to romance the monster within, it'd be her. Yeah, it would be. It'd be us as well. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, so there's a goose, and then, like, she saves the goose, but the goose is, like, not very happy, and it's, like, stuck, and, of course, Matthew Swift uh, stumbles upon them, and he's like, I ain't freaking helping a goose, because, like, I mean, there's Canadians on this podcast, can tell you, can confirm goose are, <laughs> geese are hella scary. No, I can't. I am scared of them. No, 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 no. Don't get close to them. Don't even look at them. They will no. look at you and they will charge. They're not that bad, are they? No, they, they are. will challenge you. At least Canadian geese, they challenge oh. you. They're disgusting. I'm sorry, geese, <laughs> I don't care. They will torment you. I would rather face a moose than a geese. The goose. I mean, I've never encountered a moose before, so I can't um, speak Neither on have I, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have more of a chance. They're scary. Um, so They're very scary. So Daisy, I don't I mean, I don't know what she was doing or thinking at that time, but clearly she wasn't. Um, and Matthew was like, hell nah. But then obviously um, he helped her anyways. And um, he gets pecked into the eye, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> but he doesn't agree to it um, until uh, Daisy is so against this goose becoming uh, dinner. And, right, uh, yeah. It yeah, would have been so funny, funny, actually, if it had actually ended up being Oh, no, dinner. don't say that. Don't break Daisy's heart. <laughs> um, and then somehow, someway, uh, Daisy ends up on his lap. Of course, naturally. And she's like, oh, it's actually fun being here. <laughs> so um, how did you guys feel about the beginnings of their relationship where obviously they have a history together, but they're kind of relearning what the other is like if that makes sense or i guess matthew Mm -hmm. always knew about daisy he just you know never let it on but for daisy it's like she's i don't know she's like rediscovering matthew in in a new light and like little elements about him that she had never noticed before um how did you like that she never looked at him romantically at all at all she never really noticed him exactly she never noticed him but he always noticed her i know and usually in books i feel like it's the other way around like the guy doesn't notice the girl i i feel like i've read a lot of books like that where the guy is kind of clueless about the girl and then kind of has to relearn i like when the guy notices first you know i like when the guy falls first does this count as unrequited love i would count this as like pining you know like he's pines for her is unrequited love only when the person the other person is like in a, in another relationship. I don't know. I feel like it could considered. Uh, sorry, it could be considered unrequited because he did like really early on in the book say that he did love her, but he can't be with her in his head. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why is that, Seth? I had forgotten that part of the story. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Well, we don't find out why until like the climax. Well, he of the tells story. us. Through the narration, we know that his identity is not right. His identity, he's not actually uh, Matthew Swift from the Boston Swifts. He's mm-hmm. not part of that family, that rich family in the States. He actually is like an orphan, but we don't really know his name until later on and why he's basically unwilling to marry Daisy. Should I say why or no? 
Uh, no, I just wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes, let's actually the do this chronologically. Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, struggling, as you can see. <laughs> yeah, and no one answered your question. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So, my what was my question? Like, how how, how did we feel about the relationship? How we progressed? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, it was good. I feel like it was it was a nice progression. I wasn't anything. It wasn't rushed. Um, I like the fact that Daisy was the one that needed to kind of like relearn who he was and who he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the fact that he always liked her. I know. It's so cute. And like yeah. that scene with like the button. Don't I talk love... about the I'm button. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it's such a good scene. It's I such a cute scene. Button. I sorry, know the button so scene. Yeah. So, okay. In order to get to the button, we must talk about a couple things. All right, first. I might as well not um, answer that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Better answer. What boy. about you, Seth? How do you feel? It's fine. I, it's just literally you two this episode. It's totally okay. I mean, I didn't answer either. So, <laughs> did you notice that? No. So, who's talking now? Okay. All I wanted to say was that I love how my boy Matthew Swift comes like prepared. Mm. This man like has a purse on his body. Every pocket is full of full. like random little knickknacks. So like you he need something, the... he's got it. Exactly. I'm pretty sure he literally has it all. He probably even has like a toaster in his pocket. I don't Pro- know. Probably. Probably a trench um, coat. Yeah. Anything. No. And then I just love how convenient it was that like, yeah, he um, he had the knife in his pocket. That's fine. He gets hit in the, the eye by the geese. And like Daisy just automatically just like checks to see if he's okay. But for some reason ends up straddling him. Somehow. And it just. Yeah. Yeah, it was so great. And then he sends her away, and then he's like, I'm going to go back to fishing, despite him saying I'm not going back fishing at all. And he's like, well, I need the cold water. She's like, oh, aren't you, like, cold or something? He's like, I need, you know, you can never have enough cold water Um, because my man got a boner. And (laughs) Also, he's a fisherman. Like, what? Lisa. I know. He loves to fish. And I love his little, like, comment where he's like, yeah, Westcliff kind of took it because he was, like, so excited about it. I'm just imagining Westcliff nerding out on this fishing rod. Right? (laughs) Couldn't quite imagine it, to be perfectly honest. I feel like he'd get, he wouldn't get excited about the rod itself, but more, like, the mechanism behind the rod. Like, being like, oh, wow, this is, you know, what an invention. Yeah. State of the art. Must produce some myself. Must sell them myself. Yeah, um, yeah, I loved, loved that tidbit about um, Westcliff. I feel like, um, for me, I find, I find this very fun. You know, like, it's very sweet. It's very fun, their beginning. Like, it's not so hot and heavy as some of the other books, but in a good yeah. way. Like, it's, um, Daisy is very much like the this, like, elf-ish woman you know what I mean like she's very like in the clouds she's you know she loves romance yeah and he's the complete opposite of that he's very like analytical and you know he uses logic for everything and he's very business focused and stuff but they both bring each other down to earth where they need to be in the sense that like he brings you know his analytical way 
to her and and she sort of helps him dream a little and like have fun and be adventurous which i just i love them for that and i i love how it progresses for them um and you're just rooting you know you're just rooting for them and when things do get hot and heavy you're like yes girl do what you gotta do (laughs) no but i think you really hit it on the mark when you said like their the start of their story was very like sweet and like not at all like the other books because it's like friends they had to fall in love with each other like well sorry daisy had to like fall in love with some like with Matthew because I feel like she's not someone that I feel like I don't know I just like the start of the story was so different in the sense where they actually got to know each other prior to yeah you know sleeping with one another they got to to know each other even though they already knew each other but it says a lot about how you can actually have people in your life for years and think Mm -hmm. that you know them and the truth is you really don't you don't Unless you make the effort of, of, you know, getting to know them, who they truly are, yeah. just because there's someone in your life. And it can be someone in your family. Like, you don't actually know them. Mm-hmm. So. And then in the context of the story, Daisy and Lillian had so many, like, preconceived notions of yeah. what Matthew is like. And yeah. obviously, they were all proved wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Lillian, uh, in order to get to the button, which I very much want to talk about... Um, we need to set some context here. Uh, so Lillian is pregnant in this book. Um, first off, one thing that is very important and I love that it's mentioned is the fact that Lillian had a miscarriage. Yeah. Um, she hasn't had an easy time and I love how it's, Lillian doesn't like being pregnant. And I think that that's an important thing to have in a book. Because it's true. There's a lot of women who do not like the experience of being pregnant. It's a traumatizing experience for some of them. It's a painful emotionally and physically experience for them. And there's a lot of guilt attached to that because some women will say, I don't actually like being pregnant, which doesn't mean I don't like my child. It just means it's a difficult time and it's difficult Mm -hmm. on your body and your self-image in your head. And there's a lot of work to do emotionally when you are pregnant. Um, But there's a lot of guilt and people being like, well, how dare you not be happy right now? You should just be happy that you're you did this, you know, you're you've got this um coming, whatever. And I I just I really like that it was mentioned because it is something that we've talked about on the podcast before, how it's really it's weirdly absent from romance. And yeah. You know, obviously when we said that I had read these books, I just had forgotten that this was a thing in these books, but and I don't think it's the first time that Lisa does this in this series. Like, she she has little things like that that just, I love stuff like this. I, I really do. And I think it's important. Yeah. And, like, when Lillian said she lost a baby uh, yeah. prior and at the end of book three, she mentioned she's pregnant. And I'm thinking that's that baby. It was that baby. Yeah. It's just so heartbreaking. It is. And... You know, it just goes to show that, yeah, sure, they have a happy ever after. And Westcliff and Lillian are, you know, strong and in love. And that's not going anywhere. But it doesn't mean that a couple can't still struggle and have moments like this of, of, you know, 
where there's still there's still things to go through you know life just just it doesn't just stop you know yeah so yeah so she's pregnant <laughs> and westcliff is hovering <laughs> he's and being... she's praying it's a boy <laughs> yeah because she's like i'm never going through this ever again which is funny in retrospect when you know how many kids they have <laughs> yeah oh god so they have more <laughs> yeah um so yeah westcliff is hovering he's being a papa bear he's like doing all the the feet massage and stuff like that um because you know they went through some things and they're scared so i mean the button is like way later in the book i can't we can't go into the button now can we I mean, we already started it, and it's us. Yeah, let's go into Fine. it. Fine. We might go back to the beginning eventually. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's stuff that happens first, but whatever. And um, eventually, uh, the baby is, you know, ready to come. It's like, I'm cooked, and I'm ready to come out of the oven. Um, so- and Westcliff is, you know, beautifully, uh, you know, he's stressing and mad that no one told him as soon right. as it started happening. Right. Um, and he is protective AF. And there's a storm going on outside. It's yes. horrible. And the they send for the doctor, but the doctor <laughs> freaking gets in- injured on the way there. And he's like, <laughs> never mind, actually. And then the nurse is drunk as fuck and oblivious. And then so they send Matthew... Simon and Sebastian to... I'm shocked Sebastian went for a little right? you know, like Right? Like that he went willingly in the cold-ass rain for this, which had no impact on him whatsoever. I love that. I love the growth. Right? <laughs> no, right? He went from kidnapping her to finding her a doctor. <laughs> um, so they, each of us go, each of us, each of them go to neighboring town to look for a doctor. And unfortunately, no, nobody does. But Matthew, knight in shining har- armor, comes back <laughs> with someone <laughs> who is an animal doctor. <laughs> an animal doctor. <laughs> Better than nothing. He's, he he gave birth to um, a cow the previous day, so surely he must know how to give birth to a baby, a human baby. Um, I love how um, they name this baby after <laughs> the animal <laughs> doctor, Merit. Um, Why Merit, man? I forgot like that was her baby. Right, I forgot know? about that too. Yeah. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, while it's happening, Daisy leaves the room because it's like there's a lot of people there and she feels like she's a bit too much and so she's in the hallway and you know waiting and Matthew finds her and you know she's feeling really um thankful that he did this and that he found someone and blah 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 and then to try to distract her he that's when we learn about everything that's in his pockets like he's showing her all these things and she finds a button with a piece of hair and whose whose hair is it and Daisy where did the button come from originally? that was so weird but so cute so, so the button came from a coat that was Daisy's father which mm-hmm. was gifted to him by Daisy's mother mm-hmm. and each button has a, a piece of hair of each child yeah like yes it's weird but it's cute in a weird way 
And the reason why Matthew has it, I guess something was spilled on the coat. Mm -hmm. And Daisy's dad gave it to Matthew to throw away. Well, he discarded. Yeah, yeah. He discarded the the coat. Yeah. The coat. But before discarding the coat, he ended up keeping the little button that has Daisy's hair. Because he knew which one was Daisy's. And he kept it all along and then obviously daisy's like wait a minute i recognize this and matthew is like panicking he's like trying to reach for it you didn't see anything (laughs) (laughs) and um that's what plants the seed in daisy's mind that perhaps he's been pining all along why else would he keep a button with my hair on him all this time um, and I think it just speaks for, like, how long Matthew was longing for uh, right. Daisy. Yeah. And it's just, like, it breaks my heart because she didn't once, like, look at him or, like, smile at him. And, like, but he just loved her so fiercely. Much. He knows all the little details about her. Like, her birthday. She's, like, how how would you know that? Or, like, all the little things. And I'm, like, oh, my God, Matthew. Like, I, I just love a man who loves so much that he knows all these things and the the girl's like what the hell how do you know that it's just because he was looking at you girl he was looking he was seeing you know he wasn't just like i don't know like it's just there's something about it that just makes my heart go boom i know i love it i love it it. um but anyway, backtracking to the beginning because <laughs> I want to I want to talk about before things get sweet and cute between yeah. them. Um, there's one scene that I want to talk about, which is um, let me try to find it in my notes because I um, it's the 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 wait no what's it called lawn bowling. That's the I was looking yes, for the name of it. Yes, so oh, I love that scene. <laughs> yes, so there's a scene. In this book where they play a game of lawn bowling and it gets real intense. (laughs) Matthew and Daisy are hella competitive. Um, They are both paired with other people. So he's paired with some girl like Cassandra or whatever her name was. Mm -hmm. And she's paired with the other man that, you know, she's thinking of um, Landry, Landry, something like that. Anyways, uh, how did you guys like that scene? I loved it. I love the always shit great out fun. of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fun scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you have to say about that scene? Really? It was a fun scene. No, I just loved how it started because, like you said, they were paired with other people, but, like, they never really noticed anyone else. It was always just those two. It was two, always and, just like, them. They ended up getting really competitive when um, – Matthew knocked her her ball like out of the area and then um they just started it just started becoming a game where like they kept knocking each other's like balls out and what poor Westcliff ended up having to be like the what the referee and he's like guys I'm gone it's like almost dinner time I need to go rest yeah because it lasts for hours and then like it it just mentions how like most people have actually left at that point and it's literally just Daisy yes and Lillian went to take a nap and came back yeah it's just Daisy and Matthew still going at it yeah, and it would have kept going honestly, but then uh, West Westcliff is like, we literally stopped counting the points like half an hour ago. Are you guys kidding me right now? <laughs> <laughs> 
And Daisy's like, no, we didn't. <laughs> it kind of like gave me um, Bridgerton vibes right? with uh, the Pall Mall scene. Well, funny, funny you mentioned that because I have a question for you now. Yes. Now that we've had Pall Mall, rounders and knickers, oh. and lawn bowling, you know, which one would you want? Which one is your favorite? So, ferocious game of Pall Mall, scandalous game of rounders and knickers, or infamous game of lawn bowling? That's a good question. Which one are we playing, girls? Rounders and knickers? If the knickers are what they wear in this time, yes, I'd be so down for it. <laughs> because, y'all, those uh, pantaloons are pretty fly. <laughs> okay, okay, let's say it's not us playing. Which one, which, which one, in retrospect, do you prefer as a game in a historical romance context? Which one uh, was the, the first one? The promo. Anthony, Anthony and Kate. The one that they have like a stick and a ball and like they have to go. To... I think that one, I feel like that one's more, it felt more competitive. I don't know if it's just the fact that how serious the siblings the whole family took was. It was. <laughs> oh my gosh, that family. So I think insane. I would love, I would, I would love to sit down and watch a game of like them playing. I think I would enjoy that a lot. I personally think if we're playing a game of rounders and her knickers, I would like it to be, and I'm watching, I would like it to be the men playing it, and I'd be so, you know, ready for it. But having them undress? Yeah, I mean, like, it's knickers. Oh, how It's rounders and your knickers, right? I heard I would prefer, like, you being a man playing it. I was no. like, wait, why? <laughs> I was so confused for a minute there. That one would be fun, but I think I more so would really care to watch um, what lawn bowling would look like back in the day. Because I feel like, obviously, I played bowling not on the lawn. And I didn't really know it was a thing until I really uh, re like read this book again. And then I was like, damn, this was a thing. So I think I'd want to maybe watch that. Especially if Matthew and Daisy are playing. It would be a fun game to watch. Well, the most iconic has to be Paul Mall, just because, yeah. like... You know, you say Paul Mall and everyone knows what book you're referring to. Yeah. The Viscount Who Loved Me, in case you don't. <laughs> um, but I quite like lawn bowling, I have to say. It sounds yeah. fun. Yeah, I feel like I, I could have a pretty good aim. I feel like I'd get pretty competitive and aggressive in my techniques. Um, anyways, so after this scene, which I absolutely adored, um, there's another scene which I just find extremely important to um, mention so the girls the wallflowers are in a parlor with a bunch of other people and annabelle has her baby there and baby is isabel is you know being a little fussy she's teething yeah. she's having a little bit of a hard time and another thing that uh, lisa claypass mentions which i love that she throws that in there is annabelle's guilt you know right away she's like embarrassed she's like she feels bad because she's looking at all these people that are looking at her like why the fuck is your baby crying why the fuck is your baby here it shouldn't be here blah blah, blah. yeah and her like doubting her decisions as a mother and like feeling yeah. embarrassed and being like maybe i should just leave and obviously lillian being like shut up that's my house and i want you here and i want this baby here and they can all go and fuck themselves 
Um, but Matthew comes into the room and he sees his baby and he's like, he takes the baby and he, you know, again, the pockets, man. This is why pockets are so important. <laughs> this, man, this man has all things in his pockets. And he somehow freaking finds. Uh, everything necessary to create like a, a teething toy for this baby with like <laughs> ice and stuff and he gives yeah. the ice to the baby and to you know gnaw on and then he's like rocking the baby and like talking to the baby and like telling her about really boring shit and <laughs> the baby falls asleep and that was so cute I was dying dying is there anything sexier in life than a man with a baby and knows how to, like, calm the baby down. Knows how to no. take care of the Is not scared yeah. of the baby. Fuck. My ovaries were twitching. And the funny thing is, all, like, Evie, Annabelle, Lillian, and even Daisy were all like, oh, my gosh, she's going to come over and tell us to, like, take the baby away. Right? And I love how, yes, I love how the beginning of the scene starts with Lillian being like, oh, he's the worst. He's this, he's this, he's that, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. then, and then Matthew leaves and Annabelle and Eva are like, oh, yes, definitely the worst. <laughs> I, yeah. I busted out laughing. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> no, it was a great scene. And I feel like it shows a side of Matthew that, like, at that time was needed to be seen because everyone was forming their own opinions of him. Yeah. And without even getting to know him. And I just felt like it was such a good scene. Like, it was important to show, like, the innocence of the baby with such a strong, you know, domineering man. Right. And it was a great scene. He's so caring. Yeah. So caring. He he will make a a great father. I don't think we get to see him as a father actually. Do we? I mean, not yet. No. At not, all? Not yet is the right word cuz you know what? Lisa Claypass is freaking going to write The Wallflowers Second Generations. You know what I was thinking? Um as close your ears. Actually, you don't need to. Um I was thinking <laughs> Isabel and Foxhall yes! might be a thing. I, right? Because they say they're like, we're going to matchmake these two kids and we're going to create a union. And then someone else says like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. But then I was like, the the seed has been planted. Lisa yeah. Claypass. And, you know, we're probably going to get older woman, younger man. And I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Ooh, Isabel so. and Foxhall. I am so here for it. I'm so ready. Foxhall so, so here for foxy. It. He's been weirdly absent. So I know. Does she even know who Foxhall is? Foxhall is West no and Lillian's other, another one of their children. Their first son. So, like, the yes. heir. Okay. Um, anywho, I just love that. That little <laughs> mention, and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, yeah, no, because I picked it up, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, here comes our wish. I did, too. Hopefully, in a couple years, we'll be able to revisit this and be like, we were right. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Um, anyways, so moving on from that to other mm-hmm. games, the, the parlor, the actual par- parlor game of oh, yes. m- m- <laughs> mooing. <laughs> that was awful. And like was Matthew's so... like little moo. He's so, he was so over it too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when she's like, um, uh, is it Cassandra? I think that's her name. Cassandra yeah. is like, where's Mr. Cow? And <laughs> especially in the audiobook. Uh, Matthew is like, moo. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. He was so over it. He's like, why Why did I agree to come here? It was so bad. Um. Anyways, and then, like, 
all this ends up in Daisy losing the parlor game. Yes. And being told that as a result, she has to be kissed by someone or some shit because mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, there was something about that. And uh, obviously, Matthew is like, fine, I'll do it because, like. You know, he do- he don't want nobody kissing his girl. No, actually, uh, Daisy pulls out a name of the hat, like out of the hat, and it oh, shows, that's like, right, yeah, you're right. She yeah. says it's Matthew Swift, but then the girl beside him that you know he's playing the yeah. game with, Cassandra, she's like, I didn't put your name in there. It's not. It shouldn't be you. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So he ends up being the gentleman, and yeah. Uh, so Daisy picked him, and yes. instead of kissing her like he sh- was supposed to, he kisses her hand, and she's like, that is actually embarrassing <laughs> yeah. to me um and he takes her away and then like they're left alone in some room and daisy's all like that was bad blah, blah, blah. like no one's gonna want me anymore yeah and obviously matthew's like all right i got things to prove then so he does and we get our first kiss for real for real i bet he was like all freaking his insights, his butterflies going crazy. You? He finally No. Oh. Matthew. Oh. In that moment. Yeah. yeah. That kiss was great. I feel like we we've said this book was sweet, which is it was, but it was also hot. Like it had its, yeah. its hot moment. It had its moments. Yeah. And to imagine their first kiss happened in the library. I mean, what perfect uh more like what setting is more perfect for Daisy than a library? That's right. true. Exactly. This girl that loves her books. Exactly. Um, I also loved that following this, more or less, uh, I love how Daisy, right away, she tells her sister, like, actually, I think I'm attracted to Matthew. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how that wasn't hidden or, like, a, se- a secret behind uh, between them. Like, she right away, she was like, I have these feelings for this man. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know that, like, you know, Days ago, I was like, "Ew, Matthew hate Swift. the man." <laughs> but now I'm like, maybe not. And yeah. um, how do you guys feel about how Lillian takes care of that whole situation? Like how she feels about it, her reaction, what she says, what she does, her possessiveness mm. <laughs> over her sister. Yeah, because um, like we said. Lillian does not like the idea of Daisy marrying Matthew, and that's putting it lightly. <laughs> so when I read that moment, um, mm-hmm. I was very annoyed mm-hmm. um, with Lily mm. and just how kind of like I saw two versions of it. Like I, my first reaction was being annoyed, um, basically how she just didn't want to let her sister make like her own mistakes. Um, but then I, I kind of I went back and I thought about it and it, it just brought me to my sisters and how yeah. they are. And um, shout out to them. They're very <laughs> shout out to us as sisters. <laughs> they're very protective. And it just uh, brought me back to like when I was dating and mm. how protective my older sister was. Mm. Yeah. And then it brought me back to a moment where Veronica like, OK, so in high school when I would date. Yeah. Uh, Veronica never bothered to um, like talk to any of my boyfriends. Like if they weren't worthy, she wouldn't acknowledge them. Damn, but that's she, cold, Veronica. <laughs> she I was love Veronica that. Was, like when she was younger, she was very like like I don't care about any of your boyfriends. But there were a couple where she's like, okay, yeah. like she made an effort like to talk to them and get to uh-huh, know them. Yeah. And like okay, like so when that would happen, I was like okay, she likes this guy. Um, another moment was 
when my older sister was pregnant with my first nephew, they were living with us at the time. And after she had, like, during that pregnancy, like, they got really close, like, really, really close. So um, after the baby was born, like, within a couple months, they, her and her husband ended up moving away. Mm-hmm. So Veronica was very emotional. So she wrote a letter to her husband <laughs> and wow. kind of, like, saying, you better take care of them. You, she kind of gave him a piece of Veronica! her mind. Oh, Veronica is the sister. I know. She is. got she your really back. Is. Yeah. He didn't understand. He didn't know how to read English at the time. So she had my older sister translate the letter. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, oh, shit, like, she's serious, you know? So they got kind of close after that as well. They got really Aww. close. So it just, it just, it annoyed me at first, but then I'm like, yeah. that's what sisters do, you exactly. know? Like, they're very protective. They get scared. So I, under, I understood and I kind of love that aspect yeah. of it. Like, I, yeah. I, it's expected from the yeah. women in their mm-hmm. relationship. Also, you know, it reminds us of the fact that we know Lillian... You know, prior to this book, we knew Lillian as a friend through Mm -hmm. Evie and Annabelle. We knew Lillian as a heroine through her own book. But we hadn't really gotten to know Lillian as a sister. Exactly. And I think those are three very different perspectives. And and they make up who Lillian is, you know. Mm -hmm. And this was like a new perspective of... What's it like to be Lillian's sister and, and how yeah. is she the as the older sister to Daisy and how does Daisy view her older sister and their yeah. relationship? So while I was annoyed too, sometimes I was like, Lillian, for fuck's sake, like leave the girl be. Like you, look at what you did. <laughs> you know, you can't fucking speak. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's important to have, you know, Stuff like that because it fleshes yeah. out a character. You know, she's yeah. multifaceted in that way. Yeah, and I also feel like there's more to that as well. And I think obviously, like Lillian mentions it, mm-hmm. it's not just that she's unwilling to get to know the new Matthew. She's unwilling to like unwilling to acknowledge the idea of them because she doesn't want Daisy to move away. And for her, because her only friend had only ever been Daisy for like the whole time they were raised. And, like, just the idea of Daisy moving away to England, was not, sorry, not England, America, mm-hmm. um, was a lot to, like, you know, take in and handle. So, yeah. she had a lot going on. But, yeah, yeah. I got annoyed with Lillian as well. <laughs> Some parts. <laughs> and, obviously, Evie, voice of reason, love her to bits. Yes. Um, she says something that I, I thought was really, it's a good line. She says, it's Daisy's right to make a mistake yep and i Mm -hmm. think that that's so important especially between siblings especially when a sibling is so protective like that it's like but you have to be you have to let the people you love go out there and make the mistakes that they have to make or else they're never gonna grow you know they're never gonna flourish into who they were always meant to be and Mm -hmm. they might get hurt and that's okay they'll come back from it and you'll be there to help them out of it you know yeah. so i just freaking love evie because obviously also it was like a call back to her own story and and you know what what she decided to decided to do with st vincent which was i'm gonna take this risk and if it's a mistake then it's a mistake um it wasn't a mistake though obviously yes <laughs> anyways also 
shout out to um, Matthew for wearing glasses. Hot yes! glasses. Oh, I love the hero glasses. that wears glasses. And then I love how Daisy's like, oh, he's so sexy with those glasses. Right. She was all of us. Um, but is he the only Lisa Claypas hero with glasses? Is he? I think he is. Yeah, at this point, I think, yeah. See, every week there's something where, like, writing a strongly worded letter to Lisa Claypass about this. And I think I might write a strongly letter worded letter to Lisa Claypass about the fact that she's lacking in heroes wearing glasses. Yeah, I'm not coming up with any right now. Yeah, me either. Not the Hathaways, not the Ravenels. Lisa, what you doing? <laughs> um... No, I just, okay, I just wanted to talk about Daisy's seduction of Matthew. Oh, that's where I was going. Okay. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, basically, how does the scene start again? I'm drawing a blank. How does she decide to go to the bachelor house? Yeah, so how does she make it there? There's there's something happens, and then she makes the decision, and she's like, I'm going over, right? She makes her decision that she wants Matthew, but what makes her decide that? I don't remember. Did, doesn't she hear that he's leaving or something like that? I don't know. She turns up at the bachelor, uh, you know, house. And uh, Miss Daisy um, finds the key. Yeah. And she locks the door. And she throws the key into her corset. And she's co- she's like, come and get it, boy. <laughs> And he is like, damn, this is like a torture from hell. That's his Because he's really undoing. trying to, you know, not pursue anything with her. And um, in order to get the key that's in the corset, which corsets are very, very tight. Um, so yeah. everything has to come off. And then when she's, you know, left in her chemise, uh, she, she's like, well, might as well take this off as well. So <laughs> Daisy's like literally naked in front of um, poor Matthew, who at this point is still is still trying to hold on to uh, honor for dear life and not, you know, take Daisy. It doesn't work out too well for him, does it? No, it, it really doesn't. He gets thoroughly seduced by thoroughly Daisy. Thoroughly seduced. Mm-hmm. Um. To the point where marriage is the only option after that. Yeah, how did you feel about the seduction being, I guess, in the woman's perspective? Like, the woman is the one seducing a man. Oh, love it. Love, love it. it, right? Love it. I feel like we don't see enough yeah, of it. Yeah, I feel like it was it was a nice change to have her be the one to take control. Yeah. I love it when men are brought to the limit of what they can endure. And then it's like yeah. they snap. <laughs> and they have that moment where it's like, there's no coming back from this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I also love that, you know, she easily could have had Matthew continue to be like, I can't marry you, blah, blah, blah. Like she could have dragged that drama but she decided not to, and on the contrary, you know, they wake up the next morning, and Matthew is like, when we get married, we're gonna do this again. Yeah. Um, you know, Matthew was like, it was, uh, you know, there was, there was it wasn't no reason the not next to. morning, though. It was a few hours later, because they need to get ready for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Daisy's like, can we not just stay here? And he's like, we're not married, we can't. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then they're sitting at dinner, and she talks about how she's still sore and like can feel him between his le- her legs, and like and like he keeps giving her heated looks, and then like right. Evie, I forgot who it was. I think it was Evie, and then they're like, we kind of know what you guys did. Yeah, <laughs> like like tell me that historical romance is not hot. Come on. Like, this is why it's so fun. You know, they just banged. They can't tell anyone. They have to act like nothing happened. Like, everything's proper. And then they're sitting at this dinner table with all these guests. And everyone's like, yeah, no, they totally fucked. (laughs) But anyway, so the whole point of the situation was she decides to use uh, Landrian or whatever. The guy from, you know. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. How How did we forget that? Yeah, to make Matthew jealous, but all it jealous. did was uh, make him distant until she yeah. realizes that, you know what, screw it. I don't want to marry this random guy. I want Matthew. And then she goes and does her seducing. But no, I just love that Daisy back to their sex scene. I love that she took um, control of her own narrative. She literally mm-hmm. wanted to have sex with Matthew, and that's just what happened. And I love that she's the one who initiates the first like the first touch the first like kiss in this moment like she's the one that like initiated it all and I I thought it was so different and like so fresh to see like Daisy this woman who only really discovers sexuality through books and like that one time kissing Cam yeah like she's just in charge and like is she is worldly enough to like be able to do this to like this grown man that's obviously had experience yeah and you just mentioned like her kissing Cam like I think this is a nice progression from that. It, it makes yeah. sense to me. You know, she had that, that you know, moment with Cam. And that yeah. helped her to get to where she's at in this story where now she's, like, more willing to actually be adventurous and and do all the things, the scandalous things that she knows she's not supposed to do. And, and yeah. that makes her want to take control of the situation in that way. Um, also, I love how we didn't mention... Um, that Matthew was talking to that guy and like literally telling yes. him about all the things that he loves about Daisy. <laughs> why don't you marry her then? The guy's like, why don't you marry her then? Yeah. And then Evie's like, I think he's in love with you, Daisy. And Daisy's like, hell no, he's not. And then and then Daisy, as she's trying to use this guy to make Matthew jealous, this guy has a change of heart and by the end of the week he's like, actually I want to marry you. (laughs) And Daisy's like, hell no! (laughs) How did you feel about the little mentions we got of Cam? Like, I know he's not, like, he's mentioned at the beginning of the book and, like, Daisy's like, is he, like, an Irish lord or something? Like, maybe there's more to it. And then Sebastian and Evie kind of, like, have a look and they're like, um, what is this, like, fascination with Cam? And no one knows that she made out with Cam! Right? Like, they don't even know that she stumbled upon him. How would you know? I know. She never told the girls? No. 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 She just reappeared in the in in the room and she was like, yeah, no, you're right. There was nothing worth seeing. She didn't yeah. tell them about Cam. I'd be like, wait a minute, girl. How do you know about him? I was kind of hoping Cam would make a small little appearance. But then he didn't, which is fine. It wouldn't make sense. Not at this point in his life. I mean, just to show up and, like, just to see him. Yeah, but it was To stir the pot or what? Not to stir the (laughs) pot, just for her to be like, damn, I kissed this man. Stir some drama. Anyway, this brings us to um, the scandal 
the actual mm-hmm. scandal, the 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 climax of this book. Not that type of climax. Another one. Mm, the, well, past the climax. Uh, yeah. The identity reveal. Uh, yes. Matthew is not Matthew Swift. Um, what happened? So basically, um, Daisy and Matthew go on to like this May Day parade, not parade festival. Um, and they come back to two officers, um, and this rich American guy who, uh, quite quickly arrested Matthew. And then, uh, we find out that he is not Matthew Swift. He is, um, an orphan who was bought to be a servant for a rich family. And he ended up getting arrested and sentenced with theft for 15 years because the son of that family had taken money from the family safe and pinned it on poor Matthew. And him being in no position of power whatsoever, he could not fight the uh, the charges and ultimately would end up in prison if not for the people that believed in him and, like, just people on the street that are, like, I guess, like, protesters, and they bust him out, and he decides to move away to, I believe it was Boston, and take on the name or the moniker of... wasn't it? New York, sorry, yes. Moves to New York, and the moniker of Matthew Swift is kind of born from there. Since the Swift is a very grand family and a big family, wouldn't really, like, go through family trees to find out who he's related to. So he believes his success is built on a big lie. Yeah, but he built himself from the ground up and became a rich man uh he used everything he learned because that guy that he was working for wasn't doing Mm -hmm. shit and matthew was writing all his papers and like studying for him and so matthew learned a lot and he used Mm -hmm. that to become who he became yeah and um that you know, he kind of always knew it would probably come back to bite him in the ass eventually. Um, and, of course, uh, they get back to uh, Stony Cross after a night of fun. Could have had sex. It, what, I was wondering, is the is is it the same thing as uh, Aline and McKenna? I think so. And they were going to have sex in the same woods, so... <laughs> just saying and so they get back and the police is there oh actually is it the police or the bow street runners uh bow street runners so like two yeah officers from there he's accused he's put in handcuffs lillian goes mama bear suddenly she likes matthew (laughs) again as always westcliff is the bestest friend to have in your life you want a westcliff in your life um He's, you know, never doubting Matthew. Right away, he's like, nope, there's no way I will, you know, support you through this. Yeah. Lillian is the same. I love how the father, um, you know, Mr. Bowman is... Surprised me so much. Mr. Bowman Bowman and also Mercedes. Miss Bowman as well. Mm -hmm. Miss Bowman was even like... And she didn't like Matthew, but even her, she was on his side. Yeah, and I think, like, that, obviously, no, not I think, uh, Matthew really says it. He's like, no one believed me before, Hmm. and he never expected this family to believe him. They just thought, like, he just thought that they would automatically believe what he was charged with and just throw him out and, like, not even acknowledge him. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I just love that all these people were on his side, and he never knew he had such a big family and people that actually loved him. Yeah. 
Yeah, he he's like, I'm not the man I used to be when this happened the first yeah. time around. Um, which, you know, in a way, without money and without the reputation exactly. that he was able to build over the years, he wouldn't be in this place, which yeah. sucks, you know. But yeah, and they take him. They're on their way to London. Obviously, again, like there's storms outside. Lots of storms <laughs> yeah. in this book. Um, there's storms outside and the carriage, something happens to the carriage. And long story short, uh, Matthew, we think, allegedly uh, drowns <laughs> in, in the carriage. And Daisy yeah. is obviously devastated. Lillian is crying. <laughs> She's crying for Matthew, of all things. And yeah, someone someone wants to take it from here. Yeah. So basically, uh, what happens is Matthew is presumed dead, uh, but Daisy is numb and she's not believing that he's dead. She's the type of person that needs to see the body, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, uh, a few days pass and everyone's still searching, but they obviously assume he's dead. Matthew shows up and we find out he's actually not dead, that a great, great citizen Decided to take him in, um, take care of him, help him heal, and then he's back. And Daisy is obviously, like, overwhelmed with, like, this relief and, like, the pain of, like, having thought lost him. And he decides to take Westcliff's help, and they decide to uh, fight the case. And, yeah, that's just, that's just what happens. Well, I mean, first of all, I hate how we don't know if that poor old man ever found his dog. I was real, I was really <laughs> waiting for that. <laughs> um, second of all, how did you feel about all of the that? The ringing insects? All of that. And third of all, how did you feel about the sex that, you know, probably left her ass completely raw? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that carpet! Right? It was hot, though, I have to say. Yeah, their yeah. reunion sex was hella hot, and it really delivered. Um, and again, it was the... Is it the set, seti? The seti? Set, Whatever. Seti, yeah, I think. Seti. Uh, that came into play again, and it was still in Aline's room again. So, like, um, this... Uh, Sati has, like, really got the action going for it, and yeah. I love it. I love that for it. <laughs> right. How did, you, how did you feel about that whole ending, S? Were you expecting that? Did it hit? Did it not hit? I'm just, I'm curious. I mean, I don't have anything bad to say. So, I guess it was a hit? But like Matthew is Ma- Matthew is drowning. He's gone. He's missing. He's probably oh, dead. Yeah. I I didn't think he was gonna die. Well, he was I mean, gonna come back. He was gonna. <laughs> so I thought that was cute. The fact that she, was she drunk? She was drunk, wasn't she? Yeah. And she kind of like imagined like he's not here. Please. Yeah. How come real. nobody re- nobody sounded the alarm for that scene? And who's drunk? I'm just saying. Okay. No, I know. I I don't know. I just feel like. I don't understand this whole, like, hesitance with certain scenes in this Wallflower series because I just, I feel like they all add to the story. And if this was taken out, it would honestly be detrimental to the plot. Like, their sex scene, their reunion sex. And it couldn't. But the thing is, none of the scenes that they took out in prior books could be taken out. And yet they did. I agree. All of them. We've already talked about it. Um, the prologue in the first book and, you know, Westcliff and Lillian's first sex scene and even 
Nothing was taken out of Evie and Sebastian's book, but I mean that we know of. True. So so wait, what are you saying? Like you felt like this scene should have been controversial? No, it could have well, been. It, it should have been. Oh. It, it, it should have been. In the sense that, in the sense that, why did people? you know, go on forums and be like, this is terrible, blah, 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 when it was Lillian and Westcliff, and yet nobody's saying anything here. You know, I just think mm-hmm. it's a little two-faced, in my opinion. Like, here, is it just because of how it's portrayed? Is it just because of who the characters are? I think it's unfair, and I think that yeah. you can't take out the first sex scene between two characters, which is so fundamental to their relationship. Yeah. Moving forward. But I think I'm going to play devil's advocate here. But maybe the reason why this scene was not taken out because, one, it was not their first sex scene. And, two, it was, like, reunion sex. So, like, it was automatically, Mm -hmm. like, you know, he came back from the dead. So, I mean, I guess, you know, she was also into it despite her being, um, like, under the influence. So maybe, I don't know, like, maybe because it was a second or third sex scene for them, it wasn't controversial. I just think people sometimes make scenes into something that they're not. Yeah, I wholeheartedly and agree with that. For Lillian and Westcliff, that's what it was for me. It's it's you superimposing your own thoughts and opinions and feelings onto a scene and giving it a tone that it really doesn't have. It really doesn't have. I like um, I've read it so many times, and I still so, like I can see why people would think it's controversial. And I'm talking about Westcliff and Lillian's first sex scene. But the fact that you guys read that book and their first sex scene was not in it is just mind-boggling mm-hmm. to me because of how important it was to the story. And it was Lillian's first time ever having sex, and for that not even to be in the book is just and for that to not be acknowledged, to not be exactly. reworked somehow. For it to just be taken out as if it never existed in the first place. That is frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Infuriating, to yeah. be perfectly honest. Yeah, I would have really liked the publishers or just who, like whoever to be transparent and just be like, yeah, this is why this was taken out. And it was taken out from this book and from this edition onwards. So please just like be aware of that going forward. But we not got nothing. We got nothing. It's sad really really sad yeah good news though you know just to not you know finish this uh on that note uh we didn't even do the monster so no i'm not done with the story (laughs) because evie is pregnant okay i need to mention that st vincent walks i don't know where they're going they're headed somewhere together all the wallflowers and st vincent stumbles upon them he gives her a little kiss on the forehead and he touches her lower belly yeah. and like nobody notices except daisy and she's like i think evie has something to tell us and i'm like i know sebastian did not waste any time i know i love how i was like literally so happy as if i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, my God, they're pregnant. As if I don't know they have a bajillion kids. <laughs> I know, right? Just one of 10,000. Right? Um, so that's baby Gabriel, correct? No. no. Isn't it Phoebe? Is Phoebe the eldest? Let it be a girl. I would love for their first child to be a girl. Yeah, so then both Westcliff and St. Vincent would have a girl as their first child. Sorry. Okay, so how many books did we read? We read Gabriel, Phoebe, and then... Okay, yeah. Never mind. It was three, right? So I think it is Phoebe. 
And then Isabel is also a girl. So they're all having girls as their first kids. Well, yeah, because you need to keep baby making, you know, for that heir. <laughs> so wait, I have a question. So we do get books of their kids. Some of them, yeah. But that's not considered like the second generation? Like it's not considered their... Not yet, yeah. She did combine the Ravenels and the Wallflowers together in her latest book. Like that's what, it's no longer called the Ravenels. It's called the Wall Ravenels meet the Wallflowers or and the Wallflowers. Maybe she's bridging the gap. Maybe. I'm hoping she's moving towards the other kids because like Steph said, like we haven't seen Annabelle's kids yet. We haven't seen Daisy's kids yet. Uh, anyway, and this book ends with just our four girls together, you know, toasting to what they've achieved and their happiness and each of yeah. them have made a match of love and they're happy for each other and that's the moment that gets me because I'm like oh no it's over (laughs) yeah because like they started as like four strangers uh Mm -hmm. more or less and then two years later they're all married and like having babies and like they never thought their life would have been like this they even never thought they'd love their husbands so it's just amazing that like four women who come together and become a found family can achieve so much Let's move on to the monster of the story. Seth? Um, I more like, I just have like one. And we, like, for Daisy, I had her prejudices, which we already talked about. But I kind of, um, for Matthew, um, I had uh, the lack of support for the people who are less fortunate. Um, so right off the bat, like, we know Matthew, not right off the bat, we just know he was in a vulnerable situation. He, later on, we find out that he was an orphan and he was kind of more or less forced to be a servant with probably no pay at all since he was bought from an orphanage. And he was lucky he could have taken advantage of the situation, like you said, by educating himself with all, like, the writing assignments and all, like, the studying he had to do. Um, But when it came time for him, you know, and the theft, he... uh, had no one to stand by him. He had no one that believed in him. And he thought like maybe his, you know, his master or like the guy's dad would have been like, you know what, maybe let's give you the benefit of the doubt. But that never happened. And um, because of this, he kind of kept the secret down for like years and years and years. And he finally built himself up to have this position of power that he lacked when he was a child. And he was afraid to tell Daisy. He was afraid to tell Mr. Bowman and like the whole family and even his new friends like he was afraid to tell Westcliff despite Westcliff being like no matter what I'll have your back just tell me what it is and he was just afraid that they would label him as you know a a thief and not want to be anyway like associated with him um but that wasn't the case which was really great but just that that fear of not having you know support of people and like the like monetary support as well was a, a big thing Um, for Daisy, I actually think, uh, one of her monsters gets mentioned literally first chapter, um, and it starts with her father telling her Mm -hmm. she's a parasite. Yes. I think, first of all, how dare he make her self-conscious about being who she is, freely being who she is. You know, Daisy is very much, she's... Someone who's just happy, you know, she's happy to be alive. She loves all these things and she's, you know, a little different and that's fine. 
And he calls her a parasite because she's still, you know, unmarried and not where everyone else is at and, you know, quote unquote behind on like where she should be in life. And I just personally, like personally, that's something I can definitely relate to. Like this feeling of feeling like you are a parasite to your family because you're not you know, exactly where you would have, you wish you would have been at this point in your life or, yeah. yeah, And, or because you are like a different kid in the family, like, I don't know, you're the artistic one, the creative one. And, you know, everyone else doesn't quite understand the way you think or the things that you like or whatever. And I think that that was part of it for her because it, it made her start doubting herself Mm -hmm. and and doubting the things that she loves and and feeling like well maybe I should be different or maybe I am to blame for the fact that I've had no offers or maybe I am to blame for the fact that I haven't been able to bring you know an advantageous uh marriage to this family or, or match to this family or whatever so I think that was part of it and obviously the reason why I love Matthew so much is that he's the man who sees all of her and the thing that people make her you know self-conscious about is the thing that he loves the most about her and he says most innocently because uh daisy somehow like starts talking about like the life that she loves which is like reading or like going for walks and he's like who pays for that then how are you living this life of luxury who's taking care of you and she takes it in a way because she just talked to her father about you know him calling her a parasite she takes it as him kind of basically saying that he she is a parasite and that's not at all what he meant and then she even goes further to even go kind of ask Westcliff am I a parasite like does my life have meaning and then Westcliff being the best brother that you can have yeah was like a girl no (laughs) that's one of the things that pissed me off a lot with the dad um just the fact that he was very yeah, he was very hard on his own kids, but then here comes Matthew and like that was like his protege and like all yeah. that and yeah. defended him and you know what fuck her dad. But also her his sons like don't they have yeah. anything to say about the fact that he wants to pass the business on yeah. to some nobody? <laughs> I know. Imagine. And like yeah, Mercedes rightfully so was angry that this random person who came into their life a few years ago was getting the company. Anyways, that that hit me because I was like, wow, I sometimes feel like Daisy, you know. Anyways, that was <sighs> that was the little monster I had for her. Uh, yeah. Anything else you guys have? Or- no, I, I just had something for Daisy. Just her father being the monster and like you just explained mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. So. Don't doesn't someone at some point tell her like, oh, you're just trying to get with Matthew what you can't get from your father? <laughs> yeah. Who says that? Is it Lillian? I think it might have been Lillian. Damn, Isn't Lillian. That messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she was also saying you're only going to agree to marry Matthew because you want to please father in some way or something like that. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is true to a certain extent, but obviously she loves Matthew because he's Matthew. But it, yeah, you know. I think she does want deep down to please her father. It has nothing to do with Matthew, but I think it's just normal, you know, mm-hmm. to, to want to please your, your parents, even though your parents, your entire life have told you you're not enough or you're yeah. not how you should be or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
she she doesn't give up and that's that's mentioned multiple times yet like no matter how many times you hurt daisy she will always come back to you and and you know trust or or hope that you can do better and that's both a strength but it's also something that uh could hurt her yeah you gotta know when to cut your ties i know like i just feel like yeah as human beings we're kind of like ingrained to want the love of our parents you know and like want their support and poor daisy like and lillian as well they both never really got it from either of their parents and it's just like it just left a void that they daisy more so felt it i feel like that she wanted to earn something you know some approval from her parents yeah i think she internalized it and and lillian on the contrary she was like she kind of pushed everything out you know it was like i'm just gonna like fuck all (laughs) y'all you know which is not necessarily a better way to to react to because you know she didn't really process any of it and she was kind of just i don't know like i just both reactions are normal and make sense for who they are and obviously both the reactions have impact on an impact on how they live their lives their Mm -hmm. life so i don't know i i like the difference all the i think all the wallflowers were very different characters and like even the males were very different and i feel like that's hard to do when you have a series of like what five books you know to have each story be different i said different like a million times in one sentence different so different very different extremely different so different (laughs) (laughs) different different um should we move on to the part of the episode that uh, Seth hates? Let's just do it. Let's rank some characters. It's time to rank the wallflowers. <laughs> Marge with her little jingles. I'm so sorry to our listeners. My favorite one, though, was... Uh... Icebone Barbarian. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, I'm so sorry for our listeners. Um, I know I'm not a good singer. So. No, you're the so best. And I, I love it. And I appreciate the creativity that goes into every single jingle. Really touches my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it ten times more. Um, so, who wants to start? You can start. I feel like you never start. Okay. Uh, ladies or gents? You decide. Oh my god thank you it's like you decide you go first my god um let's do women um okay so last place is olivia then annabelle aline daisy lillian and evie i feel like that's no surprise so for me i have in sixth spot annabelle fifth olivia fourth daisy Top three is Aline, Lillian, and then Evie in number one spot. I had Annabelle as last, but, you know, after all these books, like, you see more of her and stuff. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, she's one of the wallflowers. I just feel like, for me, she has to be above Olivia in my list now. Okay, so I have Olivia, Aline, Daisy, Annabelle, Lillian, and then Evie. Wow. I feel like I bumped Annabelle. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Is it because of her actions and her, like, arc? In this book? Mm-hmm. Men, I have Gideon, Simon, Matthew, McKenna, Westcliff, and Sebastian. <laughs> I literally have the same list, but switched the the top two. So I have Gideon, Simon, Matthew, and then top three is McKenna, 
Sebastian, and then Westcliff is number one. But again, like I said, they're interchangeable. I have Gideon, McKenna, Matt, Simon, uh, Westcliff, and then Sebastian. I was like, who the hell is Matt? Yeah, I was like, Matt? <laughs> Matthew. Did I say Matt? Yeah, yeah you did. I said Matthew. Sorry. <laughs> Matthew. All right. I mean, very different lists, um, but all very good lists. You know, yeah. they're all good yeah. characters. So truly, there's no losers here. Uh, and no one's wrong, except Sam, mm-hmm. by not putting Sebastian first. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jeez. Um, all right. So next, well, actually not next week, in two weeks, uh, we'll be reading the last book in this Wallflowers read-along. Um, it will be a Wallflower Christmas. S is going to meet Rafe who is Ooh. a bowman. Ooh. Another American. Yeah, he's one of the brothers, and he's coming Ooh. for the holiday season. Am I going to um, like? Uh, I actually Maybe. don't even remember Rafe, to be honest. I just remember his name. He's, it's a hot name. I yeah. just, I, can we, just, I just want to make sure that people know this. Lisa Kleypas knows how to pick a fucking name. She okay. does. All of her heroes have great names. They do. And, like, I don't know how she doesn't run out of names, but then somehow with every book, she's like, no, I've got more coming your way. Don't you worry. Anyways. Emphasis on the coming. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so, yeah, you got that to look forward to. Hopefully you'll read it with us. That will be the last book we read uh, before a very, very short holiday break <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to put us in the Christmas spirit. Um, so yeah, we'll see you then. And if we'll probably see you before that, actually, with another episode next week, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know right now what it is. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's we'll see you then. Yeah. Um, if you want to let us know what your ranking is of these characters or what you thought of the Wallflowers during your reread or first time reading the series, um, please, please let us know. You can find us online uh, on Twitter. We are the RTM Pod. On Instagram, it is Romance and the Monsters Podcast. Um, also, Romance and the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. If you would rather send an email, uh, we're on TikTok at Romance and the Monsters Pod and on YouTube, um, Romancing the Monsters Podcast. Just search that and you should be able to find us. If you're looking for me, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me, us, on both Twitter and Instagram at But This Book. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Woes. And also, please feel free to leave us a rating or review on any of the podcast platforms. It would just mean the world to us. <laughs> I don't know what the <laughs> random pauses were in that whole thing. <laughs> Anywho. See you soon, guys. Bye. Bye.